Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is, and with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve Keen. And I'm Katie Keen. And along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are here with my friend, Daphne Wiswell, who has spent 20 years studying, developing, and teaching practical and spiritual strategies to help others unlock their healing potential. For years, she battled depression, anxiety, and the crippling pain of rheumatoid arthritis. She and her husband have raised three children with their own chronic illness struggles. Through these experiences and her education in nursing, integrative nutrition, and spiritual counseling, she discovered that changing the thoughts in her mind and the food on her plate could create powerful shifts in her physical body. She's been pain, symptom, and medication-free for more than 10 years. Now she's on a mission to hand other people the keys they need to experience breakthrough in their lives. Daphne, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Katie and Steve. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I'm really excited to talk with y'all today. I am also very excited for our audience to hear your story and to understand just the value that you have to share with them. There's so many things in life I think that we struggle with and don't realize what's going on. And you've had to walk through that journey and unlock a lot of that for yourself and your kids. And tell us about why you are where you are doing what you do and how you arrived at this place, your story. Yeah, sure. I, like you read and or shared in in my intro, I started, I had a battle with anxiety and depression and rheumatoid arthritis and all that started um, in my mid twenties. I was 25, 24, 25 when I started battling depression and anxiety. And I really think that that battle is what led to my diagnosis with rheumatoid arthritis because autoimmune disease is often triggered by trauma, stress, environmental things. And uh, I was just in it, (laughs) you know, there was a lot going on in my mind and in my body. And, and I think just too much was too much. And so I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And then six months later, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And then a year later, my son got diagnosed with type one diabetes. And then my mother-in-law got diagnosed with cancer. And then my daughter, my daughter got diagnosed with her own two different forms of autoimmune arthritis. And so it was just a lot all at once. And I, I just felt really hopeless for a lot of years until I finally one day decided that I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to live in a state of hopelessness. I didn't want to live in a body that was so full of pain that I couldn't enjoy my life. And I didn't want to live not being able to enjoy my kids or feel like I was being a good wife or a good mom. I don't even want to talk about the state of my house most of those years. Like it just, <laughs> it just wasn't what I had imagined, you know? None of none of nothing in my life was what I had imagined that it would or could be. And I was really tired of it. And my doctors were great. Like, that's one thing is that I I had really excellent doctors who really cared and listened And my, you know, you can meet a lot of medical professionals who just want you in and out of their office and they want to write you prescriptions and they really don't care. But I had really great physicians because I really care about having partners in my health, but they just didn't know what they didn't know, what they hadn't learned. And so they weren't able to give me any of the tools that I needed to be free of all of these different illnesses. So I went on this spiritual, physical, nutritional journey 
to find my own freedom from those things, to break through the pain and the depression. And I I did that with a lot of prayer and intentionality and doing really hard things, not just one week or one month, but several years. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing today, because that process of doing those things, learning what I learned through research, time with God, my own experimentation. I mean, how am I going to hurt myself if I'm just like trying to eat this food? Don't eat that food. Don't eat this food. Try that. You know, like it's no harm, right? (laughs) Just seeing what works for me. So with everything I learned on that journey, I'm now able to impart that to other people to help them find breakthrough and freedom in their health. And like you said, it's been more than 10 years since I've had to take a medication for rheumatoid arthritis. I haven't had any symptoms. I haven't dealt with depression or anxiety. Hashimoto's is a tricky beast. It still likes to flare its ugly head and I'm always learning and on that journey. And and that's been good too, though, because I'm able to recognize things where people might be dealing with hormonal things or blood sugar imbalances or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, I I feel like that's a, a pretty good synopsis of where I was and where I am now. And why I did all those things. And and I just love being able to help people find their freedom from things that, that doctors and, and other people would say like, well, that's not possible. You know, that's one of the things I was told is, well, just get used to it. You're going to take these medications for life. This is a lifetime diagnosis and there's no cure and there's no, you know, there are treatments, but you're still going to have all of these symptoms. And it's not true for me. It's not true. And it doesn't have to be true for other people either. So a lot of our audience probably doesn't know what Hashimoto's is. So we explain that in case anybody out there can identify with, with you. Yeah. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune thyroid condition. So basically what's happening is your body thinks that your thyroid is a foreign object and it's attacking it all the time. So it can cause all kinds of issues like uncontrollable weight gain, hair loss, brain fog, fatigue, anxiety. I really think that my battle with anxiety was undiagnosed Hashimoto's because it was just a couple of years later that I learned that I had that. And I thought once I got that under control and in remission, because I did have about a seven year period of remission from that, then that was great. You know, I think, man, people really need to know, like get your thyroid checked. <laughs> If you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with depression, if you feel like you can't focus or you're more tired than you think you should be, or your skin has issues or your hair is falling out, or you feel really aggravated in moments where you normally wouldn't feel really aggravated, like just hyper aware of your agitation, get your thyroid checked (laughs) and tell them to check all the numbers. Like, don't just check your TSH. Can I do that shout out? Like, make sure your doctor knows, do not just check your TSH. There's a lot of numbers antibodies, all those kinds of things, get a full thyroid panel because TSH won't tell you whether or not you're dealing with Hashimoto's. You took the words out of my mouth. There's <laughs> more to it than what's a surface look. You have to look right. deeper. And sometimes that requires even going to a specialist or a functional medicine doctor, or yes, sometimes even chiropractors with specialized nutrition training can also yes. diagnose that. Yes. Yeah. If somebody's curious, but a general mm-hmm. is usually not enough. That's true. Right. <clears throat> You mentioned that your son ended up with a diagnosis for diabetes. Yes. So I was hoping that you would explain to the audience that also, because I think that's a very important topic and piece of knowledge for parents to be aware of. Sure. Yeah. So he was diagnosed with type one diabetes when he was two. And a lot of people don't know that there are multiple forms of diabetes. So there's type one, which used to be called juvenile diabetes, but it's no longer called that because did you know that even adults can be diagnosed with type one? It's autoimmune. It can happen at any age. So they changed it from juvenile diabetes to type one diabetes. Type two is a little bit different. So I'll start with type one. Type one is a condition where 
basically your body see kind of like with the, the Hashimoto's, the autoimmune thing. So your body thinks that your pancreas, which is the organ that produces insulin, which insulin is a hormone. Your body thinks that your pancreas is a foreign object and it starts attacking it until your beta cells stop, completely stop producing insulin. And insulin is a hormone that you need to live. And so if your body stops producing insulin, this hormone that you need to live, then you will die. There's, there's no way that you can eat. There's, there's no form of exercise. There's no sort of remedy that you can do to keep yourself alive without insulin. So the treatment for someone who has type one diabetes is either insulin injections or an insulin pump. And it's totally different from type two, because in a person with type two diabetes, there are typically multiple factors that contribute to it. A lot of people think that type two diabetes, they call it a lifestyle condition, but I feel like that is full of shame because I, it's not always that person's fault. I know many people who have type two diabetes that aren't obese, that don't eat a lot of junk food because things like stress or, you know, really a lifetime of stress can, can really impact how your body uses insulin. And so type two diabetes is where your body still produces some insulin, but you might be dealing with insulin resistance. And so your cells can't take it up properly to convert your, your glucose to energy. Or it could be that the person needs to change some things about the way that they eat or how much they move or things like that. And so type two diabetes doesn't always require insulin because there are a lot of things that can be done to manage it naturally. Yes. That's a very important distinction that took me years and years. I knew a lot more about type two diabetes, but until I met a dear friend of mine and she had children with type one, I also didn't understand that it had to do with autoimmune and it had to do with an organ that actually wasn't working and that it had to be managed in a much different way than type two. Yes. So I need to back us up. You said that your son was diagnosed with it at age two. Yes. What clued you in that you needed to check into that? Was it something that they just picked up in in a normal checkup? Or is it something that you witnessed that you're like, wait, something's not quite right. And let's investigate. How'd that? Okay. I'm really glad that you asked that because it's really important for people listening to know that, especially in children, diabetes can present in a way that looks a lot like a stomach virus or the flu. And so it's actually really sad and kind of terrifying to share this, but I, I know that there have been lots of people who didn't know that their kids had type one diabetes. I mean, they thought they had a stomach bug or the flu and ended up dying because the doctor didn't check for it. And so, and it, because it, it can become fatal very quickly. So we, we knew because... <laughs> I did. I didn't know this is terrible. He's my youngest. And so, you know, when you've had a couple of kids, by the time you get to the age, you're like, oh, that's not a big deal. Oh, we'll worry about that later. Oh, we don't need to go to the doctor for that. And so I, what happened was, so basically he just wasn't eating very well, but like I said, he was too. And also every time I turned around, he wanted his sippy cup, but also he was too, you know, like two-year-olds are just a different beast. <laughs> and so I'm like, you already had your snack. You already had this. You already had that. And, but then what was interesting was we were potty training and there, and he was doing really great, you know, like sleeping through the night and not needing diapers and not having accidents and all that kind of thing. And then I started realizing like he was soaking through, he was just soaking through every pair of undies that he had. And so I finally, I put a pull-up on him and, and then the pull-ups were too big. And I was like, okay, well, I have these diapers from before he started the pull-ups. And so I put the diapers on the diapers were too big. Like the little tabs were meeting at his belly button when they had been like at his hip bones, when we 
switched out of them. And I was like, okay, this is really strange. And then he started, he did this weird thing where like he would throw up and then a couple of days would pass and he'd throw up again. You know, it wasn't like a normal stomach bug where like, you're just going to get rid of everything that you've eaten for the last three days and feel miserable and sleep and whatever. This weird on and off kind of vomiting thing that didn't have any pattern to it. And then we went to a, we homeschooled and we went to a homeschool meetup with people that we knew really well. We'd known them for years. And I got there and I'll never forget this mom that I knew really well was like, oh, hi, we're so glad you're here, blah, blah, blah. And she was saying hi to my other two kids. And then she looked at me holding my son and she said, whose is this? Where, where's Reese? And she didn't, she didn't know who he was. And I was like, what are, what are you talking about? Like, this is him. And she was like, oh my gosh, he's so thin and his eyes are so sunken and he looks like his, his skin is so pale. Like she didn't know who he was. And it was the dark black, like circles under his eyes. So that actually is what made me want to take him to the doctor. And I found out that when we got there, he had lost five pounds in 10 days because he had had a checkup not that long before. So he'd lost five pounds in 10 days and he only weighed 20 pounds before that. So like a quarter of his body weight. And yeah, that's how we found out. So the things to look for, I'm going to summarize because it's long flu-like symptoms, increased urination, increased thirst. He was very lethargic when we took him in and weight loss can be one change in appetite can be something else. So all of those things are clues that maybe somebody should ask for a blood sugar check. Yeah. So curiously, since you were just there a few weeks before, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a blood test for a two-year-old wasn't in order. And then, right. Let's say it wasn't because I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's been too long. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you're, you you said that some just they don't check for it. Is, they don't it check. is it a complex procedure or an expensive one such that they'd like to try and rule it out rather than do it? Or is it just the kind of thing where? No, they, any anyone can do it at home. Just go get a meter at CVS or Walmart. Like you could check it at home. You could check blood sugar at home. Mm-hmm. People don't like to do it because you're like, I'm going to poke my kid. I'm going to make them bleed, you know. But if your doctor gives you any pushback or the insurance doesn't want to pay for it or there's no family history and they just think that's unnecessary because that happens a lot these days, you know, all this step, what, what is the term? I can't, step therapy and testing and treatments and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a really simple, it would cost you maybe $30 to get all the supplies that you would need at home. And I actually think I might have a video on my Instagram teaching people how to do that because so many people are always asking me like, I don't even know how to check your blood sugar. What's a normal number? Like, when should I be concerned? So it's it's very easy to do. So when you when you took your son in, mm-hmm. and you, here he is, you saw him two weeks ago. This is the before mm-hmm. and the after. You can look at the charts and see. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you everything. You can watch and look. I mean, did the doctor's eyes like go? <laughs> I remember her. We It was a Friday afternoon. You know, why things always happen on Fridays? But it was a Friday afternoon. And I remember her like looking at him and asking me all the questions. And yeah, she knew she had just seen him. The reason we had had to see her a couple weeks before is because he had shoved a pistachio shell so far up his nose that we had to get it removed and she couldn't remove it. So we had to have it removed surgically. And so trauma can trigger autoimmune disease. I'm always like, was it that dang pistachio shell? You know, I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what it was, but anyway, so she's looking at him and she's like, I don't know. I can't figure it out. But I told her, I'm not leaving this office until you like something isn't right. And it's Friday afternoon and I'm not leaving until we figure it out. And she was like, I don't want you to leave. I, yeah, I want to figure it out with you. And, and I remember I, I, that's when the, the lethargy actually happened because he hadn't really been lethargic up until that point. And he just kind of like wanted to lay over on the, the exam table. And she was like, has he been lethargic like this? And I was like, no. And she's looking at his eyes with the flashlight and 
And she was like, we're, we're just going to check his blood sugar. I remember it wouldn't register a number on her. Like I'm telling you, you can get those little meters at the pharmacy. It wouldn't register a number. And she told me, if it won't register a number, that means it's really, really high. You're going to the emergency room. And normal blood sugar is 70 to 120. When we got to the emergency room, we found out that his blood sugar was like 1100 something. So they said that if I had waited one more day, he probably would have been in a coma and, and not made it because it was just way, way, way too high. Wow. That, mm-hmm. that's... Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so important for parents to know, because I recall my friend as well telling me how it was a, a very quick occurrence that yes. her, her son started having symptoms too. And mm-hmm. also had to be an advocate for him mm-hmm. because it could be so misinterpreted. And, you know, right. it's not parents to panic over and think their kid has it, but it certainly right. Notice something weird, listen to your intuition and definitely yeah. ask, please check because it's so simple. Yeah, there's no reason not to. I, I don't know why it's not a standard thing when when people take a kid in for some kind of an emergency. Just check their blood sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Just roll it out, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Well, I'm never gonna let you get off this topic. I thought <laughs> that it was when the blood sugar dropped, mm-hmm. that's when the person had a problem. But you're saying he was a so elevated, he was off the spectrum high. There are problems when a person drops too low and if a person gets too high, because I'm sure that you've probably heard about ketones, like people who are on the keto diet are like, oh, we want to be in ketosis because we can lose weight. Well, there is a bad form of ketones and that's what a person with diabetes can experience. So if you, if your blood sugar gets way too high, then your body becomes really acidic because of the amount of ketones that you're producing because your insulin can't get into your Mm -hmm. cells. And so that can cause what's called diabetic ketoacidosis. And in the medical community, we, the acronym is DKA. And that's what can cause a person to go into a coma and pass away. But the same, you know, you can also go into a coma and pass away if your blood sugar drops too low. So I'm not, I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm like, I, I just, sometimes when I say these things out loud, I realize like I've literally helped my son stay alive, like literally for the last 16 years. I have a feeling a lot of parents are identifying with you who are listening because that is the state that we get into. It's it's so much our norm mm-hmm. that we forget how much we're actually giving to our kids. And I, I was just talking to another special needs dad today. And he said, you know, it's almost that state where we are living in such a chronic, we can end up living in such a chronic stress state. People yes. ask how you are and you're like, oh, I'm fine, <laughs> but you're not fine. And you don't realize it anymore. And that's a piece of our self-care that is, you know, parents in general, and then especially when you layer in these extra needs mm-hmm. that we need to be very aware of. And, and yes, yeah, I recently uh, was seeing a specialist because like I said, I'm on this ongoing journey with Hashimoto's and I just had this real battle with weight gain and I like, I eat so well. And I'm like, what is going on with this weight gain and discovered that I've had some elevated blood sugar numbers. So some insulin resistance through no fault of my own. It's that chronic stress that you're talking about. And and he did some muscle testing and he said, your muscles, he didn't know anything about my kids yet. This is kind of the beginning of the appointment. He said, your muscles are responding to these tests. Like someone who's been battling PTSD for 20 years, what's going on in your life? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I, have, I have two medically complex kids and I do, I, I feel fine. And he's like, Oh, well it hasn't killed you. So that's good, but it's going to, if we don't do some things, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's do some things. Yeah. It's very important. So the type two and the insulin resistance, I know that that's something that you are quite versed in and know how to resolve. So what did you do 
to help yourself with that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I started checking my blood sugar. <laughs> we have all the tools here. So I was like, well, I'm going to just see what's happening with my blood sugar on a daily basis and really becoming aware of how different foods were affecting my blood sugar and how it was in the morning when I woke up, which is how it was at night when I was going to sleep. And like I said, you know, stress is something that affects that a lot which you don't have any control over and sleep when you have medically complex kids is also something you don't feel like you have control over because you got to be up at all hours of the night, but managing your stress and getting good quality sleep are both really important for keeping your blood sugar balanced. And so I just started becoming really intentional and more aware about how I do those things. You know, if I'm feeling really stressed, I'm, I'm going to manage that stress. I'm not going to just stuff it down. I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to go for a walk or, you know, do some exercise and and get my body back in balance in a more relaxed state. I started making the decision that, you know, we have in our nervous system, two different parts, and I don't want to get all sciencey, but there's, you got a system that's called your rest and digest system. And so I decided I wasn't going to eat while I'm working or driving or, or doing anything else. I'm just going to sit, I'm going to eat, I'm going to rest. I'm going to make sure my body's in a good mode to digest the nutrients that I'm putting into my body because I do eat good whole nutritious foods. And I also started taking a supplement because I found out that I had low stomach acid. And if you have low stomach acid, which can be caused by years of chronic stress, of course, then you, even if you eat really nutritious foods and take really great quality supplements, your stomach acid, you don't have enough. And so you can't break that stuff down and you can't absorb it into your cells. And so I started taking a supplement to help boost my um, levels of acid in my stomach, which has really been key for me. I've lost 14 pounds since I started. I know I'm like, oh my gosh, I've just been gaining slowly and steadily. And now it's finally coming off. And I feel so grateful for that. And I figured out that I need to not fast. A lot of people need to fast for extended periods to balance their blood sugar. Other people need to eat at more regular intervals. And so it's just, you know, you got to experiment. So I did some experimentation and found out that when I fast too long, my blood sugar was actually higher. But if I made sure I had a snack at night before I went to bed, a nutritious one, then I was had a better number when I woke up. And so, yeah, those are just some, some tips from things that I did myself. And now instead of getting up and having numbers that are in the 110s, 115s, which are really close. If you're over 120, they're going to say you have type 2 diabetes. I'm now waking up and getting numbers in the mid 80s, which you want to be below 90 to um, reduce your risk of type 2. That is absolutely fantastic. Good job. (laughs) Thanks. You've got this really extensive history of having these challenges and then overcoming them and having challenges and overcoming them through Mm -hmm. ingenuity and learning and Now you apply that in helping and supporting other people. So tell us a little bit about like, how did you fall in love with helping other people? And, you know, what led you to the point now where you've taken what you've learned and you're actually like blessing people? What was that path? Well, I, I kind of fell into it by accident. I I've always loved helping people. It's, I don't know if you read the Enneagram stuff or believe any of that. But I think it's so fascinating that some of those things are so on point with personality types. So I've always, I've always been a helper. I just, I can remember actually getting in trouble when I was a little girl because I wanted to help my sister really practice for her spelling test. And, you know, and she didn't like that. She wanted to figure it out on her own. And so then I get in trouble, like leave her alone. She doesn't need your help. And in class, I have things on my report card from when I was a little girl, you know, like Daphne's, you know, not supposed to help her neighbor during test time. That's called cheating and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know, you know, I'm in kindergarten. I'm just, they got it wrong. And I want them to know, like they need the right answer. So they get a good grade. So it's just in me. I just love helping people. 
And I share that little part too, because I'm like, if anybody, if anybody feels like, well, I got in trouble for that, or I was too loud, or I was too this, or I was too that, like, those are some keys to some wounds that we might have. And that kind of stuff needs to get healed so that our bodies can really physically thrive. Deep, deep wounds from childhood need to get healed. Okay. So anyways, I've always been a helper. And when I started overcoming a lot of these things, people that I knew around me started seeing that I was overcoming these things and asking me for advice and wisdom on what I was doing. And I remember one day meeting with I'm kind of a new acquaintance and she was having some health issues and she was actually a nurse, been a nurse for 20 something years. And I just was asking her questions, you know, have your doctors tested this? Have they asked you about that? Have you considered that this might be an issue? You know, just trying to dig in with her about what she might have going on. And she looked at me at the end of that conversation and she said, you are so smart and you have so much knowledge and I don't understand why you aren't doing something with this. Like you could really help a lot of people. And I was like, well, I never thought about that before. And she said, you should start a business. You should do this for a living. And I was like, okay, maybe I will. And so that was, that's actually when I decided to go to school for my coaching certification and in integrative nutrition and really dig into the spiritual counseling things that you mentioned earlier, like some of the stuff to help people dig up those childhood wounds. And so I just love being able to marry those things together, the physical and the spiritual to really bring people total healing. Yes. That's so important. I've um, just recently been reading some things about how, how, like you said, how integrated trauma is into our biology. Mm -hmm. Our Our cells have a memory. That's right. They remember everything. And, And God designed us that way, you know, like our cells are supposed to have a memory because if our cells can remember what it feels like to be attacked by a bear, then the next time we're being attacked by a bear, our body will know what to do and how to respond to protect us. You know, that fight or flight thing. But there are some things that have been traumatic that we need to release because we don't need our body to be in that con. Like my, that doctor told me, your muscles are responding like someone who's been battling PTSD for 20 years because my body goes in that fight or flight state. Every time my son has a low blood sugar, every time I have to take my daughter for labs, every time a doctor says, this treatment isn't working now. We need to try this treatment every time. You know what I mean? And so I, I need to know how to help my body release those things so that the cells aren't holding on to it so that I can let go of all that inflammation. I think there's so little knowledge out there on how to do that. There mm-hmm. is very little instruction. And at least- I love giving it. <laughs> so let's say a new client comes to you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? With the new client? Yeah. Well, it depends on the client and where they are in their journey, but it's always a very gentle process. Like we're not ever like, okay, tell me what, (laughs) you know, I let the Holy Spirit lead. That's for sure. Because Holy Spirit knows what they're ready to receive and knows where they've been and where they're going. And I don't know any of those things. And so I'm just a very gentle facilitator in the process of them meeting with Trinity and discovering some things that might need to be dug up and doing an exchange with God, you know, here's, here's what I need to release and what do you have for me in exchange? And just, just teaching them how to do that, because if they can learn how to do that on their own, then they're not going to need me anymore after a while. It takes practice, it takes practice because I think not everyone is, I think not everyone is aware that like, we really can hear the, the voice of God, maybe not audibly, you know, but our spirits are connected to his spirit. And to be able to receive what he has is, is just something that takes practice. So in our audience, there are probably plenty of parents who are listening to you going, oh my gosh, like, how do I start today? <laughs> so 
do you have a question? You look like you have a question. He looked I like wanted he had... to see how you're going to go with this question. Oh, he looked like <laughs> you were going to answer for this question. <laughs> you say like if there's a dad or a mom out there listening today and they're going, oh my gosh, like I need to start this today because mm. I feel it. I feel it in my body. I can feel the tension. I've been carrying this tension. I don't know how to process it. I'm living in that fight or flight all the time. Mm. Like, what tips would you give them to just? begin today before they can even have time to reach out to you? Yeah. Well, is it okay to talk about my book? Cause it's free. They can get it on my website. And <laughs> I would tell people that I actually, my book is like a 26 week journey where there's a lot of practical things that people can do, but it, it also leads them with scripture and some prayer exercises and some questions that they can ask God, because I think just being able to do that and say, well, I need to I need to be, it needs to be simple. You know, it doesn't have to feel like this complex, overwhelming, big, I can't do this type thing, you know? And so my book is laid out in a very simple, conversational, practical way. And it can be done quickly or it can be done over a certain period of time so that people can kind of start to get in that practice and that rhythm of asking God some questions and waiting for his answers and then doing some practical things to apply what they're learning as they go on their journey. So that it's called Breakthrough and it's on my website. Awesome. So tell us the website so that anybody who's listening can go type it in. Yes. It's the chronic illnesscoach.co slash links. And we'll have to make sure that we get that into the descriptions too for you. Thanks. Yes. Wow. Okay. So great. So parents can just go ahead and immediately begin their journey just by grabbing your book, which is mm-hmm. super helpful. Will the book kind of walk people through like in a, a daily, you said it's 26 days and it's like a daily journal journaling type book or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually call it, it's a, a planner and a prayer journal. And so it has some things about nutrition in there, but it also has a lot of things about how to, how to pray and receive some wisdom from God to just walk through a lot of the trauma of if people are dealing with their own illnesses, if they've got kids that are dealing with illness, it's, it's, it's written for anyone who's feeling hopeless or like, there's just not, you know, I, I, I was in this place, like I said, where I just couldn't envision a future for myself that was good. And so this book was born out of my journey of transformation. And I, I just, I've, yeah, people can go there and get it and they can do it. Like I said, in 26 days, or actually want it to be done in 26 weeks. Cause I feel like if you try to do one every day, it might be, it might feel really overwhelming. <laughs> so it's like, so with one of the little chapters, maybe the same chapter every day for a week and then go to the next one and then go to the, but people can do it whatever pace they want. However quick they're ready to, to mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So does it work on a larger scale, say for an entire family, or is this highly individualized? Gosh, I think it will be so fun. So actually when I first wrote the book, I wrote the book because a bunch of my clients were asking me like, what was your process? How did you do this? Like, how did you figure out what you needed? And, you know, with the the physical and the nutritional and all those kinds of things. And, and I mean, a lot of my clients were asking me that and I was walking them through some of these steps, but they kind of wanted like a manual, you know? And so I thought, okay, well, let me write it down. You know, let me, cause I just, I can't answer it in a one hour session with you. It was a lot of stuff, you know, it was years in the making. And so it took me about three months, but I, I sat down and I wrote it all out and when I first published the book, I had groups of people who wanted to go through it together. And so we went through it as a group and then everyone had like their homework and they would, you know, read the little prompts and ask God the questions. And then we'd come back and we'd all kind of share like what God had shown us. 
And it was really cool because when I, and I still, I want to do that again. You're reminding me, I really want to do that again, but it's so fun because it's really cool that God will sometimes show multiple different people, the same things. Like we'll, we'll get the same revelation about where we're stuck or where we're struggling or what he needs us to know, you know? And so, yeah, I think it could absolutely to answer your question, work in a family setting and, and be really, you know, there's always this feeling of, I think when we can hold each other accountable to something and do something together, it's really encouraging and really uplifting. And so I think, yeah, that would be a great idea. That's really cool. That's a neat idea. I hope a whole bunch of families will go and pick that up and uh, begin their journey to healing and wholeness. Gosh, I hope so too. I hope they'll let me know when they do too. Uh, (laughs) I'd love to love to hear what people are experiencing as they, as they go through it. Yeah. I think it's a piece that's so missing out there. Something that Steve and I also had identified as a big need is that there's not support for the families Mm -hmm. who are walking through these illnesses, whether it's with their own body or their children's or their spouse, you know, there's resources for the individual, but not for the, if it's, if it's a family like ours, for example, with special Mm -hmm. needs children, there's not resources out there teaching us how to manage the other children's emotions and how to yes. walk the differences between them and their friends and the lives that look different and that have just a lot of variances. There's not information out there on how to keep a marriage strong. Gosh. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> not for people in our position where there's an extreme depth. Yes. Do you know, yeah. I'm going to say, can I say something out loud? I've never said this out loud on a podcast before, Yeah, but it's actually a dream in my heart to create a retreat center for families of children with special needs. I'm going to cry. This is one of my really big dreams. And I just, I just really believe in with my whole heart that God is going to do it because of exactly what you're saying. Like my husband and I've been together for 27 years. And sometimes we look at each other and we're like, we have no idea how we've made it except by the grace of God and just his kindness towards us and are willing to be real and raw with each other all these years through everything that we have faced together with our children. And I mean, so many years we couldn't go, you know, there people would be like, they're having this marriage conference. Do you want to go? Well, who's going to watch our kids? You know, Oh, we're having this. Do you want to go? Well, who's going to watch our kids? Oh, we're going to go on a cruise to Mexico. Do you want to go? Who's going to watch our kids? You know, like, and do I even feel like I could leave the country and have my kids? Like, no, 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 anything could happen. And I just never felt comfortable with that. Even if there were really reliable, you know, my sister was great and she, she would, anyway, we had family, we had people who cared and would do it, but it felt like putting a huge burden of responsibility on them just to go do whatever we wanted to do, you know? Someone to just come over and hang out for a few hours so you can run out to a movie. Right. Right. Yeah. So I do. I have this really, really, really big dream in my heart that I've never said out loud, but now that I've said it out loud, it's out there to create a retreat center where families can come. Spouses can get some real strong support for their marriages and kids can get just an opportunity to have fun. And I want to have special people who are specializing in all the different fields, like autism and epilepsy and diabetes and cancer and all the different things. So there are specialists there so that they can take care of the kids so the parents can actually relax. And, you know, and I always have wanted like support for the older, like my son, the oldest had some of his own health issues, but nothing like what the younger two did. And I always felt so bad for him, you know, like, does he feel like he's getting enough attention from us? Are we getting to do enough things with just him? Because I feel like every time we turn around, we're managing something with these other two and, and he's just there, you know? And so support for the siblings who aren't dealing with those things to maybe be able to get things off their chest that they need to, or just hang out with other kids who know what it's like to have siblings 
who are facing these things, you know? That was what originally drew us into all of this. We That's wanted, how we got started. Yes, we mm. wanted exactly what you've described in a conference style. And wow. then, but God has, you know, his ways. Maybe it's meant that a whole bunch of us partner together later oh and get God. something like that put together. Because we, we do, and we see with families like you and ours and so many of our friends, the same need. We all identify. There's nothing out there for all of us. Yes. And when we're together... What we noticed through many of our experiences, and especially at our Neurodevelopmental Institute, where there were people from around the world, it doesn't matter what corner of the world you're from. When you've walked in the shoes we're all walking in, we are suddenly family. Yes. Oh, it's instant. I bet. Yes. I can can see that totally. And it's amazing. And it's Mm. refreshing. And it's filling and it's good for the siblings and it's good for the kids with the challenges. And it is is so important that, and and that's what really brought us onto this journey. Once COVID shut everything down for the in-person, we're like, but we still have to share because the discussions, the willingness to be open about our challenges, Mm -hmm. you talking about your challenges, us talking about our challenges, bringing other people to discuss it. It's so healing and it's so healthy. Yes. We need those connections as families who walk through hardship. Yes. And yeah. And we have so much to give to those who are struggling and feel alone. Yes. I know. Yeah. I know when COVID hit, I I felt like there's so much fear right now, right? There's so much fear because people don't feel like they're in control. They don't have, there's so much unknown. And I thought, wow, God, you've been preparing me for a time like this for two decades. You know, like I've been living that way for a long time. I don't know what's going to happen when I go to sleep at night. I don't know what's going to happen when I wake up. I don't know. You know, I'm always just trusting that God has got us. And that's just how we've had to live. And so, yeah, I I just share that because I think, you know, fear is is such a liar. And none of us have ever really been in control ever. (laughs) And so if we could just release that false sense of control, then I think that all of us could live with so much more peace, no matter what is happening around us. Absolutely. We, we laughed, not in like a funny way, but in a, wow, we didn't realize way. Also when this whole lockdown happened, we were like, well, we've been kind of living in a pandemic for, you know, not quite years, but almost. Right. We got a couple of years head start on everybody else. Yeah. 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 Immune issues with the children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have neighbors who used to laugh because Literally all the kids on our street knew that when I opened the door for anyone to come and play, I'd be like, have you been sick this week? Have you had a fever? Have, has anyone in your house missed school or work? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like I had this laundry list of questions that I'd ask them before they'd be allowed to come in our house. Cause I'm like, you're not bringing your germs in here because one little thing could send us to the hospital because you can't keep blood sugars under control. If you can't, I mean, it's just a mess. And so I've been, yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've been living that way a long time. And how about the, please take off your shoes. Please wash your hands before you start. Yes. Inter- you know? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Thankfully we have had, we've been blessed with beautiful families and friends that have are willing to yes. support us in that, but yeah. it's definitely a different universe. It sort of makes us stand out in a way we wouldn't care to. <laughs> Same. Yes. I totally get that. Yeah. It's worth it. Well, thank you. I think this has just blessed so many people who've listened. And mm. are there any any things that you would want to say if you, you know, to that mom or that dad who's listening right now? Any any words of wisdom that you would want to leave with them? Gosh. 
Yeah, I think just, well, just what I said a minute ago makes me think about it again, like that, that false sense of security or control. Like, I think that it's really important as parents to know that, and I don't mean, I don't mean to keep making things about God, but he really has carried me through all of this. But I I think it's really important to know that like God knew your kids before you did. He loved your kids before you did. He cares about your kids more than you do. And as impossible or irrational as that sounds, because, you know, we our kids are our whole world and they hold our hearts in their hands and, and all of that. And my, my tip is like, I literally, before I go to sleep and envision myself, just, just putting my kids and they're all adults now, 18, 19, 24, but they're still my kids, right? Just imagine myself putting my kids in the palm of God's hands and saying, okay, I know they're yours and I'm going to trust you with them and I'm going to get some rest. And I'm going to see him again in the morning. You know, like I just, just knowing that, that he's there and he's got them and scary things happen. But I, but I know that he carries me through all those scary things. You know, he carries them through all the scary things. And no matter what, there can be peace and there can be joy and there can be hope for our futures. Yes. Uh, I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. So for our listeners who want to find you, let's repeat again, where can they find you at Daphne? Sure. So Instagram and Facebook, I'm Daphne, the chronic illness coach. And my website is the chronic illness co. And yeah, those are the main places where I hang out. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Very much. Thank you. Thank so much. you. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Our pleasure. Thanks for sharing this time. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast, we would be honored if you would share it. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Head over to podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.